Right, guys. How do I even start this? This is so exciting! I am just sat in front of a mic doing a podcast. Like, can you can you, can you believe this? Is this happening? I don't know. This is so crazy. Like, I, I can't believe I'm actually doing a podcast. By the way, this is Charlotte Crosby. I think you might already know that by now. I mean, you've probably listened to the introduction. But this is my official podcast and it's my first ever one. And I am so excited about it. It's quite bizarre thinking about all of the people who are going to be listening to this all over the world and like what you're going to be doing while you're listening to it like I mean some people might have it on while they're on the bus on the way to work some people might be brushing the teeth you know you know on the toilet having a poo I mean who knows the possibilities are endless someone could actually bump into their soulmate while listening to this podcast and the story would be well you know what at the wedding on the wedding day this could happen to numerous people around the world The story could be in the speech. Well, I was listening to a Charlotte Crosby podcast and I bumped into such and such. And now we're, now we're here today. I mean, I am officially Cupid right now. I mean, taking this too far. I'm taking this too far. It's just a podcast. I'm getting too excited. I mean, you know, nobody might listen to it. (laughs) We might not even get one person listening to it, but anyone who is listening right now, thank you so much. And I promise this is going to be the best podcast you have ever listened to. I promise that on my life. Because there's one thing, I've been asked to do podcasts a lot. And there's one thing, right, that I've always thought, I don't want a podcast where you talk about boring things, you know, like Agony and Charlotte. Do you know, a lot, I mean, a lot of people would want my advice on things. and I, I am happy to share it on some really important topics. But I don't know, like, I don't know, like, what about like oh, my BMI or how to be a vegan, which I'm not. So I don't know how I would do that. But I just don't know. I've heard some really boring ones in the past. And I was like, I can't bear to do a boring one. Hence the name Values and Vibrators. Because I want it to have that cheeky twist. I want it to be, yeah, you know what? We're going to talk about some really deep values. But we're also going to talk about the best way to get an orgasm. Or the best orgasm we've had. Or like, I don't know, the, the best guide to pooing outdoors. Because you know we've all been in that situation. But then we'll also talk about like how we get through hard times. So there's just going to be a mix of everything. I think it's going to be great. I want to have some great guests on here. I just want it to be crazy, you know what I mean? I want you to put them earphones on and be transported to a dimension far away where there's unicorns flying. And you know, you can forget about life for that one second and you can just think, you know what? This is great. So yeah. I think everyone likes the naughty little twist on things. I think every important value in life has always been learned the hard way. I think every important lesson that you've went through or challenge you've faced, you've either got a really embarrassing story behind it or something's happened. And I want to share all them stories. I want like... I just want to laugh. I really, really want to laugh. I want to hear your stories. I want to share my stories. I want to hear your guests' stories. Like, there's nothing better than stories, is it? Did I ever think I was going to be sitting here in this position right now? Probably not, no. Because when I was younger, 
to be honest, I want to be an archaeologist. I saw Jurassic Park, right, when it came out, the first one, and I was like, my God, that looks good. Discovering dinosaur bones, next minute you're walking around with them, like, this is the ideal dream job. Surely this is me. I can just imagine it now, have me little hat on with me little brush dusting away at the sand in the desert. And that was something I was really obsessed with. I was so obsessed with dinosaurs. It was untrue. And then obviously I got into Jolly Shaw. So, I mean, that is really, it's quite a U-turn, really, isn't it? Dinosaur bones to just regular bones, boners in the Jolly Shaw house. I suppose there's a little bit of a link there, isn't there? Oh, God, I suppose we've got to talk about this craziness of obviously being on Jolly Shaw in the crazy 10 years, which has obviously led us on to this podcast. Because I don't think I'd really be doing a podcast if I wasn't in the public eye. I mean, I might be, but no, not half as many people would listen. So, yeah, Jolly Shaw was the best days of my life. And I still remember to this very moment walking in that house. It actually, do you know what? Around about this time now, it has officially been 10 years since I walked in that Geordie Shaw house. 10 years. A decade. That makes us sound like I'm 65. I can't believe it. I'm halfway to 60 though. Um, But before Geordie Shaw, which is actually quite interesting, which I think a lot of people would like to know, I was working in a bar called Tonic. And um, I worked there from the age of 16. It was my first ever job. You know, when you're like, when you're younger and you get a Saturday job and you go there and you only work two days a week, but your mum and dad force you. They're like, come on, you need to start working now. And they force you into a job. I don't know if that happens with everyone's parents, but it definitely happens in Sunderland. That's where I was born. Everyone got the jobs at 16. They had to start earning a living and, you know, being an adult. So I was a... I washed the pots and pans in the kitchen. It wasn't the most glamorous. And do you want to know how much I got? I think I can still remember. At the time, right, this is how low the wages were. You're talking like 15 years ago. It was £2.80-something pence an hour. £2.something an hour? Do you know how many pots and pans I've washed for £2.something an hour? Can you even believe that? And then I remember when the pay rise happened and I was still in the kitchen at this point. It was like a year later and it went up a pound and I think I was getting £3.50 and I was like, yes, I'm rich. I mean, Jesus, that is dire. But I suppose when you're 16, you don't have much to buy. So, And I worked like, I worked, I worked 9 a.m. until like 5 so god i wish i could i wish i was good at maths i think i came out with like one three one four pound an hour let's just let's just round it up to three for the first year three six nine twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen fifteen oh my god i literally got about 30 something <laughs> why did i ever think i was rich oh Anyways, so I worked in Tonic for five glorious years and I absolutely loved every single second of it. I practically grew up there. It was the main bar in town. It was where everyone went out for a night out. It was the centre of my life. I was there every day. I was there at the weekends when I went out with my friends. 
like it was my life and everyone who worked there were like a family they were amazing like I still remember my supervisor my boss all my workmates like we had the biggest laughs honestly it was it's up there with the best years of my life like Geordie Shaw I think when you spend a long period of time in something especially me I become very loyal and very sentimental and like it could be anything, but as if I was there a long time and having a laugh, it would mean the, the world to us because that's all I care about is like the, the friendships you make and the, ta- and the memories you make. I just think you could be doing everything, but as long as you have anything in the world, as long as you have a laugh, it's great. So anyway, I moved up the rankings in tonic because I was there five years. So I was in the kitchen washing the pots and pans and then I got promoted. When I was like 17, just before my 18th birthday, I was upgraded to be the waitress. So I actually took the plates to the tables for people. And like I had this really cool thing where I knew how to do this cool thing where you can actually carry three plates at once. So I had like two plates in one arm, one plate in the other. And like when I was walking around with three plates, I thought, oh my God, I'm really professional. Like, this is next level. I thought I looked really cool. My pay was still, like, only £3.50 at this point. And I had a lot more responsibility, which I think was kind of unfair. <laughs> I think I should have definitely been in the £4 region. But no, it didn't get. It didn't go up until I was 18. Because then apparently something, it, something happens weird. So when you become a certain age, then it goes up again. So you've got all these levels. Anyway, after the weight risk, when I was 18 and of age, I was then allowed to work behind the bar pulling pints of Guinness, Carlin, was pouring shots. I was making cocktails. I honestly, I felt like, what's that, that film with Tom Cruise? And he's like, makes cocktails and stuff. Or is that not a film? I'm sure it's a film. I felt like him. Honestly, it was great. I could do a really good pint of Carlin. Oh, I'd give good head on that Carlin. That sounds disgusting. But in like, not like that kind of head. I mean, like, the, you know, the, the frothy head of the Carlin. I could make it really good. Right, I just really took that into a world of badness. Uh, Guinness wasn't so good at Guinness. Not going to lie. I could never do the four-leaf clover on the top. But I did sometimes, occasionally... Like on a night shift, I put a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of vodka in while we were working. We'd always have our little Coca-Colas or like lemonade on the side and I'd put a little bit of vodka in. Obviously, I hope that nobody from Tonic is listening to this. But yeah, I did that sneakily sometimes. It was great on the bar. It was so great. I never went any higher than that, really, to be honest. It was never like a supervisor position. Never got that. I don't know why. I mustn't have been trusted. There was lots of times that I would come into work and we dressing gown and stuff though. And then one time I got barred from my place of work, which is a whole different story. We won't go down that route because I don't want you to get the wrong impression at the end of the day. And I think this is the, this is the intro podcast where I need to kind of get you on side. So you keep on listening. So I don't think it's a good idea to talk about the time I was found in the toilets in my place of work covered in poo. I think we'll save that for later on. Yeah, we'll save that one for later on because that's a good story. I still remember to this day when um, I left Tonic and I left Tonic to go on to Geordie Shaw. And it's kind of like, it, it, talking about it now gives us a really nostalgic feeling because it's like, I can remember to this day coming downstairs, getting me caught on and thinking, right, that's it, I'm, Bearing in mind, it's the place I worked for five years. It was where I went out. It was where I worked. I, I had, I made like best friends. I had classes, family there. And 
we just had so many laughs. It was so good. And when I was walking down, put my coat on and about to say goodbye to them for the last time, and I knew I was never going to walk through them, them doors again, like for a shift at work. If I ever walked through again, it would just be like casual pleasure having a couple of drinks. And I didn't know when that would be either because I was off to film a TV show and I wasn't going to be available for the next two months. I was just going to be locked away in this house and not like be able to go to tonic. So it was like a really crazy filming feeling. And like I did, there was so many times where I was where in my head, I was, I was so excited to be on, embarking on this new journey. Like I'd just been told I'm going on a TV show. At this point, I thought I w- I've made it. Like in my head, I'm walking around like, this is it. I'm going to be Angelina Jolie now. My name is going to be on stars on Hollywood Boulevard. I'm going to have a gold star that says Charlotte Crosby. This is how ahead of myself I was getting, right? It honestly felt like I was living in some kind of crazy bubble. It it can only be described as every minute of the day I thought I was in a dream. I thought, am I going to wake up? Like, I must be about to wake up. This can't be real. And it was this crazy euphoric feeling. Like, I walked downstairs and they all had his cards and teddy bears and they were like so sad you're leaving and I don't even think they really knew they knew I was going on a TV show but I don't think they actually took it seriously like this is the girl who would come in with the wildest stories and the wildest dreams and I mean I talk about wanting to be an archaeologist and you've got to imagine these people like I wasn't taking that seriously (laughs) because I was just a bit of a joker and I've walked in and I'm like I'm leaving I'm off to be on a TV show I don't think they really quite believed us I think they thought I was going to come back <laughs> to Tonic <laughs> because there was a couple of times before where I was like, right, I'm off to do something else, but I'd always end up going back to Tonic. So walking out of that door was just, it was sad, but it was the most craziest feeling, like a brand new start, not just for a new chapter. For me, I honestly believed this is it for life now. It's a new life. Like, And back then, when I was younger, I honestly believed that there was a feeling. I honestly believed that when you got famous, you felt different. Like, I felt like something changed inside of you and, like, all of a sudden you felt really famous. I don't know, I just thought that. When I when I was younger and I looked at, like, David Beckham and Victoria Beckham, I was like, oh, my God, they must feel so famous. They must feel, like, ultra famous. Like, they must walk around and be like, they must know the famous. Like, they, you must feel, like, a certain way when you're famous. I thought everything would change. But then when I got into the house, it was a total different story. So I had all these like crazy ideas and, and like dreams that I was going to be the next Angelina Jolie and like win BAFTAs and Golden Globes and stuff. And then um, obviously I went in there, met the whole of the group with seven other people. And as we, as we went on through the show, everyone would talk about like, oh, what we're going to do afterwards. And then like the producers would say, oh, well, you'll have to go to London for a couple of days just to like learn how to handle press and like to promote the show. And then after that, um, obviously we've got no plans in making another one. So we were all like, oh. So then our dreams were kind of crushed. So then we did a whole backtrack and we suddenly didn't have any of them hopes, dreams and aspirations. And we were all like, we got, we had a break halfway through where we were allowed to go on our phones. And while we went on our phones, we were all applying for jobs again. One of the lads was like, oh, I think I'm just going to go on the dole. And the dole was like, the dole is something, I don't know if you know what the dole is. It's something where you claim money while you're trying to find a job. 
like you'll actively get money while you're apparently trying to seek a job and it's called job seekers allowance it's another word for it so like a couple of the lads were like oh we're just going to go on the dole and i was like jesus christ i didn't expect it to be like this i thought that was it i'd be flying high bear in mind we didn't get paid for any of this so like i was still skint i mean it wasn't like i was getting paid much by the hour before i didn't have any savings behind us so then my hopes were kind of crushed a little bit and I was like, oh my God, it's just going to go back to normal. Said, I'm actually going to have to go back to Tonic, which I wasn't that sad about. I thought, well, I've had a good time in here. I can't wait to get back to Tonic and tell them all about the memories. Anyways, we came out of um, Geordie Shaw and the rest is history, really, which I'll talk about in another podcast dedicated to Geordie Shaw. And hopefully I'll be able to get one of the one of the cast members on and we'll have a really good laugh and it'll feel really euphoric. But let me just tell you now, that famous feeling that I thought just would magically appear, it doesn't exist. That feeling doesn't exist. So if anyone out there is like, God, it must feel like really different to be famous, you don't feel nothing. You feel exactly the same. Every single series that came out in the beginning, series one, series two, series three, I was like, right, okay, the feeling's got to come after series two's on telly. I think that's when the feeling will come. Now, 10 years down the line, you feel fuck all. There's no feeling, there's nothing. Not even a tingle in the clitoris. I just still feel like Charlotte who worked at Tonic. I still remember the time I told my mum about going on Geordie Shaw and she was furious. Oh my God, she was furious. I'd just got into college. So as well as working at Tonic, I went to college two nights a week and I was doing an access course not because I wanted to because my mum and dad were like come on Charlotte you need to get your education behind you you know I think it's every mum and dad's dream for the child to have a good education because now I kind of get it which is weird back in the day obviously I was younger and I didn't think like this but when I think I have a child I obviously do want it to have a great education I want my child to be intelligent I want them to be I want them to be knowledgeable, like I want them to do well in school. So I now know why my mum and dad said it. So I'm, I'm not going to cast it off as if they were just idiots. Because I mean, I think it's every parent's dream, isn't it? And that was good to do that because I did go to college and do an access course. And then if I had have finished that, I would have then got into university. So that was good of them. And it was good that they had that impact on my life. Because if I hadn't went on Jory Short, then I would have had a degree god knows what in because i don't think you could have did archaeology in university so still would have been fucked anyways put that aside i remember walking in telling her and she was like charlotte but your college course like what are you gonna do and i was like um well i'll just finish it when i get out and she was like no charlotte you won't do that i know what you like you'll not finish it please please you're gonna go to university you finally got your life sorted <sighs> And I just, I wish I could have took a picture of her face at that moment. And I wish I could have recorded her saying all this, right? So I could play it back now. Because that haunts her. That haunts her that she said that. It was because I always say, imagine, mum, if I'd listened to you. Imagine if I didn't go on Geordie Shaw. Do you really think I would have done and achieved and, like, do have all the things that we have now to this day? And she goes, right, Charlotte, you were right, you were right. But I wish I had video evidence so I could just play it back at every Christmas, birthday, big occasion, me wedding. Oh, I'd play it back at the wedding. I'd be like, well, you know, I remember a time when my mum said this. (laughs) But no, I'm going to let her get away with it now. I'm not going to bring it up again. Maybe, anyways. But yeah, if I'd listened to me mum... 
God knows what I'd be doing. I'd probably still be at Tonic. I'm not going to lie. Which, you know, I still love Tonic. I go there every Christmas. So, yeah, my mum was not very happy about it. My dad, well, my dad's the quiet and calm one out of the both of us. So he didn't say much and he thought, oh, it would be a phase, you know, she'll come out, she'll go back to college. But I didn't. And he wasn't the biggest fan of the show, obviously. I think he would, he watched the first episode and turned it off because of the swearing. Thank God you turned it off at the swearing. Because you wouldn't like what came next. If I had to describe Charlotte Crosby to someone who didn't know who Charlotte Crosby was, but I'm describing her being Charlotte Crosby, which is going to sound a little bit big-headed, because of course I only have nice things to say about myself. (laughs) But honestly, she's just a normal girl. I think everybody needs a Charlotte Crosby in their lives. And you know what? You now have one with this podcast. So, I mean, I just can't explain how excited I am about this because I know what's coming up on the podcast as well. Like, I know how good it's going to be. We've got some amazing guests. We've got some brilliant topics which are bound to make you wet yourself laughing. Believe me now. You are going to boys, girls... The older generation, the younger generation, I mean, not too young. That would be a bit weird. Um, But honestly, you are going to love this so much. I am so, so excited. And I'm so excited. I feel like I've got, like, thousands of friends now that I can just sit and chat to. Like, we're just all just great friends. Do you feel that? Are you feeling that? Or is that just me? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just so excited. So honestly, stay tuned. Believe me, this is going to be the best podcast you ever hear. 